Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of the Level Story Podcast, a branch of Level Story Magazine, which is a digital magazine that seeks to critique and celebrate stories told in video games. My name is Danielle, and as always, I am joined by Sam. That's Hello, me. Sam. Yes. <laughs> How are you doing? Well, you know. <laughs> That's a loaded question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, we're recording this uh, right now during, um, well, I guess it's almost, I won't say it's almost over, but uh, it's June and we're currently in a pandemic, mm-hmm. which has been not so fun, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah I enjoyed kinda... being home from work, but, you know, I'd prefer it wasn't for this reason. I was going to say, like, not that I want to, like, not be at work and making money, but I also wish that, like, maybe we just took a month off. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to not make money, but I would like to not be at, at work. Right. Honestly, <laughs> make yeah. money a different way. That actually, that's a great way to put it. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I know people who are home and they're like, oh yeah, I'm bored. I'm like, how are you bored? <laughs> Seriously, I didn't even put a dent in my backlog while I was in quarantine. <laughs> like, right. I could use so uh, much more time. I know. I know. So it goes, I guess. But. Yeah. Anyway, it's good to be back because it's been a while since we've recorded a podcast. It has been, yeah. I mean, we were just saying before the show started, like, I I truly don't know. I'm going to have to look when the last time was that we posted an episode. I, I think it was January because the magazine came out in December. So that would be the logical conclusion. But <laughs> it's just my brain is not functioning always that well in quarantine. So we'll get there eventually. But yeah. yeah, you and me both on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, just a quick note: uh, if you like Level Story and want to support Level Story, head on over to Patreon.com/LevelStory. And if you want to get in contact with us, head on over to LevelStory.net/contact, where you can either write us something or you can leave a voicemail. So, before we get into anything, uh, we just want to make a quick statement. Uh, Being that it is, we're currently recording this on June 4th uh, during a time when there have been a lot of protests uh, against police brutality and after the death of George Floyd. We are not the appropriate people to necessarily talk about this topic. And so we just want to state that we support Black Lives Matter and we will provide links in the show notes for any resources to support the Black Lives Matter movement as well as heightened black voices. Yeah, we just wanted to make that completely clear as we go into this, because this is not the time for right. vague platitudes and such. Exactly. And with that, and again, all show notes, um, in the show notes, you can find links um, to anything we can find we'll put in the show notes to yes. help support and heighten Black voices. And please do check that out. It's so important at this time, both to, to educate yourself and support the protesters and the various uh the various organizations that are working to support them so yeah. do take a look at that if you can yeah, absolutely and so um another note and if you're interested in any i mean I just mentioned the show notes but if you're interested in anything we talk about in this episode you can head on over to levelstory.net slash podcast slash celeste dash reflection And that link will also be in the show notes, but if you want to go there directly, that is the link. Again, that's levelstory.net slash podcast 
slash Celeste dash reflection. And with that, we have a bit of housekeeping to take care of because it's been so long, once again, <laughs> recording a podcast. Um, this section is basically just going over stuff that's been going on with Level Story, such as new issues, upcoming events, anything under the sun. So one thing I've been dabbling in, I don't know if I'm really up to this, but um, I, I did it, so I have to go through with it. I decided to start doing kind of like a Let's Play series, um, playing Celeste, where my motto is sit back and relax, but then I actually played Celeste and wasn't very <laughs> relaxed. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a lot of excellent things, but relaxing is not one of them. No, I like, I went into it with that mindset, but then like you can... <laughs> I kind of cringed while I was editing because you can slowly hear my resolve just <laughs> crumbling. <laughs> and I was so frustrated, like, and I had to cut some parts out because I was like, what the F? <laughs> like, what am I doing? Because <laughs> I was trying to finish it and I just wanted to finish playing the game. And, like, I think I was just uncomfortable. My back was hurting when I was recording. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Oh God, Man, my I, motto. I get that. My, <laughs> yes. my play experience in that game. Well, okay, no, I guess we'll be talking about Celeste plenty. We'll get. I'm getting yeah. ahead of myself. <laughs> but yeah, not the best game to start, but you know, it, it's fine. It's fine. We'll play other games eventually. Hopefully, I want to do Firewatch and then The Last of Us. We'll see. See if I can actually do it if I find the time. But <laughs> that is something that I'm doing. Currently put on hold because um, Sony Vegas is not being my friend when saving things. So. Not quite sure what's up with that, but, you know, we'll get there. New episodes will be coming out where, you'll again, you'll get to see me just fall apart. It's fine. <laughs> um, another uh, new bit of information is um, I got to talk about the game What Remains of Edith Finch on the Art for Artists podcast, which I kind of really like that game. Like, I just, I still don't know how to feel about it, but that is, that's going to be have to have an issue at some point. Yeah, have you played that? I haven't. So many people have said I have to, and I do have it. I forgot if it was free on one or another service that I have yeah. at one point, and so I, I really do need to get to it. It's just, you know, one, one, of, one of many, but yeah, I, I right. really like to play it. I've heard amazing things. <laughs> it's very good, so when you get the chance, but I, I know that feeling. I've, I've had it for a while um, on Steam, and I just never played it <laughs> until very recently, so... It's definitely very good. Definitely check it out if you haven't played it yet. Um, and check out the Art for Artists podcast where we talk about it. And if you have a computer like mine, then it might struggle a little when <laughs> playing the game. Um, <laughs> that was fun times with that. Um, one new bit of news about Level Story is magazines can now are now available for purchase. At least the, the newer issues, starting with what we're talking about today, the Celeste issue, and any that come after that. Um, we'll have more information about the other issues at a later date, but for now, um, any issues released in 2020 and after will be available for purchase. So if you're interested in that, uh, you can head on over to levelstory.net and, um, find it there. They're not being sold yet. I'm still trying to find, um, a distributor for that, but you can put your name on the waiting list and you'll be emailed and notified when they are available. Um, and finally... Uh, the Patreon page got a rework, which I'm very excited about. Actually, not finally. There is one more thing after this, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, just kidding. But anyway, um, 
So basically I reworked it. So now it's more looking like a magazine Patreon page rather than I, I tend to look to YouTube a lot for these types of resources. And it occurred to me, I was like, maybe, I don't know, I should probably do something a little different because that's not my field of expertise. So um, I reworked it. And uh, now there are just three tiers. There's supporter, digital subscriber, and subscriber. And the subscriber tier allows you to receive physical issues in the mail. So if you are interested in that, be sure to head on over to patreon.com slash level story where you can subscribe for physical issues. And speaking of issues, the final bit of news is uh, released a mini magazine, uh, which I don't know if we'll do a podcast about, um, but Level Story is doing uh, mini issues now that I'll release uh, in between major issues. And uh, the first mini mag is about Florence, which is a mobile phone game. You've, you've played Florence, correct? I have, yeah. Okay. What I, are your... I really enjoyed it. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was pretty cool. Lots of neat little interactive tricks used to sort of drive some points home and, you know. Yeah. Short, simple experience, but very much the kind that speaks to what I appreciate about video game storytelling, so. Yeah, for sure. Not only that, but, like, if, if you haven't played it yet, definitely give it a shot, because there's really no excuse not to play it. It's so short. It's, like, half an hour, hour tops. Yeah, it's a very brief little just phone experience, and I think it's real, isn't it, like, four bucks or something? Like It's something like that, I forget. Um, but, yeah, it's not expensive at all. It's definitely worth it to buy it and support the creators and have a nice little game phone experience. I, it's just it's a very sweet little game. So definitely check that out. And check out the mini mag if you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, and that's all the news for... Uh, or all the housekeeping, sorry for level story. So now is the time when we're going to get jiggy with it. <laughs> I love saying that. Um, <laughs> so this is the segment of the show where we go over news and things going on with games and in the gaming industry. Uh, I'm going to let you go first on this one because I'm kind of second guessing my choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you go ahead. Okay, cool. Well, um, as I speak... Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition exists. I shouldn't have started that with as I speak. That didn't make any <laughs> sense. But it came out and I have been playing it, but have also been this isn't really the time for me to be sharing my impressions of new video games I'm playing on the internet, you know, with, mm. with everything going on. I don't want to distract from everything that's happening, so I haven't gotten much of a chance to talk about it yet. Yeah. But I, I never actually played Xenoblade Chronicles, because it was one of the three Operation Rainfall games that were, you know, all these interesting-looking JRPGs that Nintendo was like, yeah, we'll localize that for into English, but only release it in Europe, not the U.S., for some reason. And, you know, there was this whole big movement called Operation Rainfall to convince Nintendo, like, no, please give them to us. The Wii needs more good RPGs. (laughs) Um, And they finally did. But at the time, I knew I could only afford one of those three. And one of them was Xenoblade Chronicles. But another was The Last Story, which is, uh, which was made by the studio Mistwalker, run by Hironobu Sakaguchi, the creator of Final Fantasy. And the studio had previously made Lost Odyssey, which is one of my just favorite jrpgs and not enough people have played it i love it so much so i went for the last story i got the special edition it looks like a book it's really cool um and the game was all right 
it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but it has Aww. some cool stuff about it. Um, but, you know, I never actually got around to playing Xenoblade Chronicles after that. Um, so I was excited for the Definitive Edition, and I'm enjoying it so far. It it didn't make as strong an impression immediately as I kind of wanted it to, mostly because I hate auto-attack combat. Like, mm. the, the, the combat has your characters has the characters just attacking automatically over time, and then the attacks sort of, like, build up a gauge that lets you use other attacks that you do actually need to use and use some strategy for and stuff. And I can only think of one game that I that has anything like that that I've actually enjoyed playing, and that's Dragon Age Origins, but that's because it had, like... Oh, oh, Final Fantasy XII, I guess, too, because those are sort of similar. But th those both had a focus on programming. You know, it's a broader, like, you go in, you tell all of your allies exactly how to act and you design how they're gonna approach battles and I was 100% into that mm. this isn't that and I'm playing a little ways in and I'm starting to get a feel for it and enjoy it more but man it just takes a lot to sell me on that type of combat um, but it did take a story twist a little ways in that I absolutely did not expect it uh, went a, a good bit darker than I expected a good bit quicker um, so it, it's got me at least and I'm enjoying it soundtrack's fantastic so you know that's that's happening. Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> is cool. <laughs> I've never played any of the Xenoblade. Is that is it a series? I'm guessing, or is it just one game? I mean, they have made like uh, I think they made like a spinoff and a sequel since it came out. And then I, yeah. there are some other Xeno things games. Like there's a classic RPG on the PS1 called Xeno Gears. It's about like mm. mechs and apparently is really like philosophical and theological. And I haven't played it. <laughs> oh, that's another one that I am told to play. Apparently it kind of, uh, I, I've been told that it kind of pulls a, uh, an Evangelion where it was, like, running out of budget, and so the last disc is, like, weirdly, oh. uh, minimal in a lot of ways. Oh. Um, so yeah, I, I need to, I, I think that it's related somehow, but I'm honestly not certain I haven't looked into it. <laughs> Maybe that's something I, I'll need to try, because, um, I've heard a lot of people talking about it and even seen people, like, streaming it a lot. But I never, I didn't watch anything with combat. I only saw a bit of like cutscene stuff. So I'll have to give it a shot. There's yeah, so it's, games, man. it's pretty cool so far. I, I'm into it. It's also funny because since the localization was originally for the UK, it is the most British JRPG dub I have ever heard in my life. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, no, 100%. It's, it's, it's interesting to listen to just because the voices and such just are so extremely british in a way that you don't usually hear huh. so much in uh, in you know american localizations that just makes me want to play it even more now yeah it's <laughs> it, it's interesting oh wow okay cool is that is it just on this it's on the switch right it's on other console? yeah i mean they've it came out originally on the wii and then they uh made a port on the 3ds as well which i've heard oh, is okay. not necessarily the ideal way to experience it but still good yeah um but yeah, the definitive edition is a Switch thing, because it is a okay. Nintendo thing one way or another. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Cool. Also, okay, I'll have to add that to my list then. Yeah, it's interesting. Also long, so you know, be yeah. aware. But <laughs> oh god, yeah, I'm like, 
look long games that apparently is my thing now like i'm very <laughs> into long games so why not i'll just add it to the list <laughs> that that's my struggle i love a good long jrpg that'll get me invested for like a hundred hours i love it i also don't yeah. have time for that crap anymore i know <laughs> i hate I that i know oh don't i know it i literally mm. like i guess i guess this will kind of smoothly transition into my topic but <laughs> i've been replaying final fantasy 7 remake um quite a bit because I was trying to level up so I could play on hard mode. Um, mm. And I'm like, I think the, the level cap is level 50. So I'm like at level 48 right now. Um, and I've just been re- replaying through it. I think I'm like 72 hours in and I'm like, oh, dear God, like I'm having so much fun. But also like my brain can't play video games this often <laughs> so much. <laughs> like, I'm like, but all I want to do is play it. So, you know. It's like, do I give in to my urge to play Final Fantasy or do I read a book? Like, I don't know. I mean, but, I, I uh, get it. The remake is a lot of fun to play. Yeah, it it totally is. And I'm, I'm not dying nearly as much uh, now that I'm a higher level. <laughs> so that's always nice. Um, but speaking of Final Fantasy remake or seven remake, excuse me, part one. Which <laughs> I have a question for you. Why did they not put part one anywhere? Yeah, that like, is a weird decision on their part. Yeah, I'm tempted like, to say it's because for... I don't want to get spoilery in here, but I'm tempted to yeah. say that it's because the future installations are just kind of going to go off the rails. But apparently Nomura has said that they are planning on continuing the story of Final Fantasy VII, which just kind of raises a lot of questions about a lot of decisions they made in the remake, honestly. So I... Yeah, and I look, know. I, I know both you and I... We're going to eventually get into this on another day. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, let's just say Nomura is a part of it. Like, it, it's funny because it's a friend of mine. Um, he had texted me before I finished the game and he's like, how are you enjoying it? And I told me, yeah, it's nice. And then I said, I've heard a lot of mixed things about the ending. And he's like, yeah, you'll he's like, I'm interested to see what you think, because it's very Nomura-y, like just as speaking oh, as a Kingdom Hearts. True. Yes, and so when I did end up finishing it, and I texted him, and I was like, oh, I I don't know how to feel, and he wrote back to me. He's like, you know, it's funny, because he didn't write it, but his hands are all over it. Oh, yeah. Um, so, interesting topic we'll get into, but what I am interested <laughs> in, even though, you know, the ending, ugh, um, for the most part during that game, I had a great time playing it, and, like, just loved every bit of it yeah. until, like, chapter 17. Um, so one thing that I wanted to talk about is just how this remake is really changing how we can look at games being remade and how we can retell stories. Um, because when I think of remakes, at least in a modern context, I think of the Disney remakes, um, which are just so bad, um, (laughs) and like just (laughs) sort of pointless. Like superfluous. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think pointless is actually a good way to describe it because there's there doesn't seem like a reason for them to exist other than to make money and play on people's nostalgia. Yeah. And the thing about this remake is that for the most part, it really it, it actually made a case for it to exist. Like it's actually really good. Um and it reminded me a lot of the times when I was younger and I would be reading the Harry Potter books, oddly enough. Like, oh. I say that because things like the side quests, for example, where you're 
helping a bunch of people um, in the slums, um, it can tend to feel a little video gamey, but at the same time, it felt like these little moments were developing characters the way I always enjoyed about the Harry Potter books when they'd just take a break and be sitting in the common room or doing something that had nothing to do with the plot. It was just them building their characters and helping us learn more about the universe. And I found that this this remake did that quite often in a yeah. really smart way. Um, and I think that's so cool because a lot of, speaking directly toward Disney remakes, but just kind of I don't know, games in general, I find, maybe it's because I'm playing all the wrong games, but I find that sometimes they just tend to insert dialogue that really is just there for fan service and does nothing to actually tell a good story. Um, and Final Fantasy VII just did stuff where it the choices it made I thought were very smart in terms of dialogue, purposeful dialogue, and developing the characters and whatnot. Um, and it just, I, I can't stop thinking about it. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I agree. And actually, something along these lines was going... As I was playing through the game, I had, like, a video sort of planned out in my head about it. And mm. it was very much along these lines, sort of, that, like, when we think about video game remakes, we tend to think of the same thing, but with HD graphics. Mm. And that's... There are a number of reasons for that, but that's not generally... Like, outside of video games, that's not usually what remakes are. You're right to point out the Disney ones, but, like, for the most part, when you remake a movie, you get something like the True Grit remake, which, like, yeah, it's telling right. the same basic story, but it is not the same movie. It changes right. some things. It presents things differently. And, like, we've gotten, I think, I, I think that we've sort of overdone the, as a culture, the hatred for, um, for remaking things, because, like, retelling mm. stories is something that we've done over the entire course of human history and it's not something that's worthless and right. especially with video games like this like i think that people should generally try and stretch themselves and enjoy older experiences but not everyone's into video games enough to put that effort in to do that just like a lot of people aren't into film and are going to get turned off by simple things like black and white movies right. i personally like <laughs> take issue with that but i recognize right. that it's a thing and i still want people to be able to experience these classic stories so i think that there is great value in in retelling this the story of Final Fantasy 7 because I think it's a story with great value and that people deserve to experience it with in a more modern context and in a way that they can connect with better um so I I, I think that they just generally did a really really good job doing that until the last hour or so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Um, it's kind of, kind of Mass Effect 3-ish in my mind extremely good mm. game but man the ending just kind of didn't uh, <laughs> yeah and you know Ugh. and we'll, we'll see how it goes as the whole thing goes on but yeah that that was sort of my disappointment in it was that i agree with you that they did an incredible job sort of retelling the story in a way that was faithful enough to retain what made the story so special but still expanded on it in ways that made it hit a little differently and connect a little better in some ways I yeah. love Aerith and Tifa's friendship in this one. Yes. Like, it didn't feel like they had too much of a connection in the original, and the most notable thing about them was that they both like Cloud. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know, that right. could have been better, and it was. It is now. Like, their connection is so good and pure, and I love right. it. Right. Um, it is. Oh, God. Yeah. It's so great. So, you know, yeah. I, I think they did a really good job with all of that. I just kind of wish that they'd kept that goal in mind instead of trying to 
just sort of make a play on the fact that Final Fantasy VII exists, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> I don't think that... But yeah. just, I don't want to get too far into it. We've been talking about this for long enough anyway, but I, yeah. I, I Basically, know, yeah. I agree with you, 100%. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just say real quick to your point also that, like, I just, as you know, recently completed Final Fantasy VII for the first time, and I do think, I mean, as someone who does love games, I still struggle when it comes to older games that tend to lack these sort of quality of life mechanics mm. in them. Like, when I was playing through Final Fantasy VII, as you know, like, I... I'm sorry, folks. I know I shouldn't have done this, but I cheesed it. I, I used the cheats. Um, I am going to go <laughs> back and play it correctly. I won't say correctly, but I'll play it as it was meant to be played. Um, and I will not cheat my way through it. But the reason I did that was because I I just I didn't feel I had time to learn the mechanics and actually master them in mm. a way where I wouldn't keep dying and have to do all these things over again where a save point was. Um, yeah. It just became frustrating. And so, and I think also just when you have pixelated characters who aren't really talking, you just see text, it just can be sometimes hard to connect. And it doesn't make the story any lesser. It's just, it can be a little more difficult. Um, yeah. And I appreciated having the remake, but it also made me appreciate the original game more, which I think was awesome. Like, it actually makes me want to play it and master it now in a way that I didn't the first time around um so and obviously I appreciated the story I mean it's the most iconic video game story ever that I just happened to not play um (laughs) for the longest time but in all fairness I didn't have a PlayStation 1 and I didn't know it was available on all these consoles to play I don't know why I didn't know but yeah I mean I um, didn't play it until it had already been out like a decade or something so you know that's oh really Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't really have a lot of video games growing up, honestly. Like, my first system Mm. was a PS1, and the PS2 was already out by the time I got it, so... Oh, um, there you go. And, you know, it it took me well past... Well, after that to actually try Final Fantasy VII, so... I mean, look, you've played through Kingdom Hearts 1. Does that really make you want to play Final Fantasy VII? Like, my introduction to Cloud was seeing him in in Kingdom Hearts 1, and I thought, why is his name Cloud? Like, (laughs) like, so... Um, it took me a while to be like, oh, huh, he's an actual character in another game. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't speak to that personally because I played multiple Final Fantasy games before I played Kingdom Hearts, but I do True. know a lot of people who became diehard Final Fantasy fans because they played Kingdom Hearts first, so I <laughs> I assume it works. <laughs> but... I guess so, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and hopefully at some point on this podcast, um, we briefly talked about it before recording, but hopefully... We can talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake on here because it's really all I'm thinking about at the moment, and it's kind of a problem. <laughs> like, Understandable, yeah. So we'll get there eventually, but yeah. But today we're talking about Celeste. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> yes, uh, so uh, back in May, wait, no, April. Wait, May. Oh my god, my months are all messed up. April. Yeah, in April. <laughs> wow. In April, the Celeste issue released, issue number five of the magazine. Um, all about Celeste, a game that you and I both love. Is it, would you consider it a favorite game? Probably, honestly. Mm. Like, at, at this point, when I've played so many games, it's not all that mm. often that I come across a game that I'm like, yes, this is one of my new favorite games. Mm. Um, like, only so many games pierce that veil 
uh, Nier Automata did, for instance. But really? Like, oh yeah, I I mean Nier oh. almost got there itself. I loved the first one, and then Automata just oof, man, love it. But then yeah, Celeste also did. It left a big impression on me, and I I really loved it. So it's if not in my top ten, it's probably in my twenty. It's always so hard to actually like plot all these things out. I love yeah. so many games, but <laughs> it's up there for sure. Okay. Now, not to go too far off track, but at some point, I'm going to have to ask you about Nier, um, eh. what is it, Automata? Yeah. Automata. Okay. Because, like, they released, I guess, a Royal Edition or something, or whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah, I think out they the... call it Yorha Edition, and that's an in-game thing that I wouldn't expect you to remember that word necessarily. Okay, gotcha. But, yeah, it's basically just, you know, Game of the Year Edition. and. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Good to know. Because I was very confused. But yeah, we'll um, have to talk about it sometime if you want to play it, because it's good. It's I, good. It's on my list. I I don't think I own it, but I'll have to check. Um, but yeah, I need to play that soon. But um, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I haven't played nearly as many games as you, but still at the same time, like sometimes you know, it feels like it's hard to let another game into your favorite circle. Yeah, um, it feels like a sacred place, and you can't yeah. necessarily just let anyone in you know <laughs> right exactly you gotta be selective <laughs> yeah there are a lot of games that i just really 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 like but you know not gonna make it that high on my list necessarily right but... right yeah but i i have to agree with you celeste just captured me even before i played it like i i watched other people play it and i remember just my introduction to it was um at a games done quick event they had a oh, task yeah. bot running it which, for those unfamiliar, TaskBot is... I forget what it stands for. It's like... I don't know if you're familiar with TaskBot or not. I think it's like... Not really. D GDQ isn't super my thing, honestly, so I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, gotcha. I think it's like... It, it just means that um, technical assisted speedrun, I think it is. Mm. Basically, they pre-put all the inputs in so that it'll be oh. the fastest the game can go. Huh. I would, I would highly recommend it. I'll have to find the link to show you because... It is amazing how fast the game can go and how much the, the developers put certain things in there purposefully for speedrunners. Oh, um, yeah, I did hear about how they sort of intentionally aimed some elements of the game at that community. Yeah, like, it's just, I, I it just amazed me. Like, that was my introduction to it, and I was like, I'm not quite sure what's going on right now, but it looks cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> and just, like, the reaction of everybody, like, in, in the video, they have a bunch of people on the couch watching the speed run, and their reactions are what, like, I literally almost teared up, like, while I was watching it, never <laughs> playing the game yet, watching this, and them getting so excited about it, I was like, I need to play this game, <laughs> like, so, actually, what, what console did you play it on, out of curiosity? Um, Switch, originally, and then I got the physical edition from limited run because again i love the game and i wanted to so i did yes. replay it on ps4 with my uh with my partner because she hates these kinds of games and couldn't actually enjoy playing it unfortunately but i wanted her to experience yeah. it some way so <laughs> right hey you know you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> yeah yeah so i've played did it on switch and uh and ps4 okay ironically enough i also got it from limited run i got it for the switch though yeah so, Honestly, in yeah. hindsight, I should have. Like, it d doesn't matter which I mean, platform I have it on for the sake of having it in my collection, and the Switch is more portable, so... You know, yeah, well, that's... But... Yeah. 
I was gonna say I just like the cover. I love like for some reason I just love the combination of orange and and pink. So mm, like the cover yeah. art just made me so happy. Yeah. Um. So yes, brings me a lot of joy just to take it out and look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's but, the feeling I get for most limited run games I order. Honestly, I just true. I love having them. <laughs> I think what was the other game I ordered? The only other game I ordered from limited run was Ukulele, which, yeah. eh, you know, yeah, I've, it's Ukulele. I've heard mixed things about the game in general, but being only yeah. a moderate Banjo-Kazooie fan in that I mm. played the first game and thought it was fun enough, and that's right. about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, it... I didn't really check it out myself, but... I was going to say, if you were a bigger Banjo-Kazooie fan, then it'd probably be worth it. I'd say if you were a bigger Banjo-Tooie fan, it'd be worth it, because they're very similar. Haven't actually um, played Tooie? I'd kind of like to at some point, because I enjoyed Banjo-Kazooie well enough, but... Tooie... Yeah. yeah, I... It's funny enough because I grew up with Kazooie, but like I like Tooie so much more as a game, which I feel like in my head, like like aesthetically, I love it more. But like the logical part of me is always like, no, Kazooie is better. (laughs) Banjo Kazooie is better. So it's something I wrestle with quite often, but I won't get into that. We don't we don't always need to have the best ones be our favorites. You know, that's my favorite Crash Bandicoot game is Crash Bandicoot 2. And for a long time, I acknowledged that Warped was actually better, even though 2 was my favorite. (laughs) And then I replayed them and realized 2 was just the best one anyway. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And but yeah, so um, and Celeste is actually speaking of. I've never played Crash Bandicoot. Is it a platforming game? Yes. Uh, No, I think like Celeste, but it is a platformer. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. What? I mean, I guess the only I've never played this, but. A lot of people I've heard um, compared this game to Super Meat Boy. Yes, that's the most uh, the most well known and accurate comparison, at least. Yeah, the sort of fast paced, uh, lots of deaths, um, mm. side scrolling, lots of lots of jumping and air control focus. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, I personally enjoyed Celeste significantly more than Super Meat Boy, but I, mm. you know, I, I, I respect its place in the history of the genre at least yeah i was gonna say at some point i'll try it but like i never had like a a desire to play it but at some point i i do need to try it yes it seems like a pretty iconic game in terms of things but yeah it it definitely Um, is it also the thing being that celeste has this narrative element that you know super meat boy very much doesn't it's oh no the evil guy captured the girlfriend go get right like it the story in that just exists so that you can play the game whereas in celeste it's like a big part of it so right you know oh and celeste that i mean Oof. speaking of that <laughs> celeste i i mean i it, did write about this sorry go ahead just it, it's it's a lot of the reason why it's as high on my list as it is i enjoyed playing it and obviously the aesthetics that like it's visually beautiful and the soundtrack is just gorgeous but even the soundtrack is like part of it relates to what's happening in the story i don't know if it would have stood out to me quite as much without the context around it like this, this the story of this game is just everything. I love it so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me me as well. It's just I I love how the story I mean everything I should say. Everything comes together so beautifully. Yeah. Um like I mean and this this is why I wrote about it. I know this is a discussion that a lot of people have and seems like I, I never thought it was that much of a like people are on either end of the spectrum but like ludonarrative dissonance um yeah. 
people got really come... mad at the term for a while. Honestly, I think mostly it's because it was used in arguments that they disagreed with, and it was before they had straight up started saying keep politics out of games. Ah, <laughs> uh, but oh. you know, I, I, I agree that the term has been sort of like over used a little too much and a little too loosely so that it's lost a lot of its meaning, but I feel like a lot of the hatred for it just kind of came from people not liking the... it. The, the yeah. concept of using <laughs> it as a as a critical tool, but right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah and I mean, definitely, like you said, it's definitely been overused, maybe misused to a certain extent, but um, when it comes to this game, like, it, I feel like it needs to be talked about because, my yeah. god, like... It, it, I've, I've never played a game that's so beautifully, I mean, unless, I, I don't know if you've ever played a game that quite does, mixes the story and the gameplay so well. Uh, I would make the argument for The World Ends With You being ah. on a similar level. But okay. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't come around very often. I've heard a lot of uh, arguments for Dark Souls actually, but per, I don't know. Really? I've only played the first two, but honestly, I don't super see it. It's got sort of a similar like you have to keep going and learn from failure, and you know your determination will get you through eventually if you just stick with it. Thing going on, but oh. the story of the first one at least is significantly more cynical than that. I <laughs> like that. <laughs> You know, where that is something the gameplay of Dark Souls says, absolutely, but I don't think it's something the story says, really. If anything, the story uh, seem, of the first one seems to think that accomplishing your goals destroys you. I'm not really sure oh. what the deal is with that, but um, th anyway, that's just my uh, very short take on Dark Souls that might get some people <laughs> mad at me. But yeah, no, I, Celeste is a, it's a special case. I, I definitely think that it's among the better games that I've seen manage this ever. Hmm. Well, now you're making me, once again, I just need to play The World Ends With You. And I, look, I'm going to do it <laughs> soon. I promise. Look, like, it's funny, like, when you released your series of videos on that, I was like, now's the time I'm going to play it. And how long has it been? <laughs> like, I mean. That happens to just... me sometimes, too. One of my favorite fellow gaming YouTubers did a video a while ago about One Shot and Undertale. And, mm -hmm. and as specifically as they in regards to parasocial relationships and how they relate to those. And I'm like, cool, I'll play one shot. And I started one shot and I haven't finished it yet. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, that happens. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does it happens way too often, but what can you do? I mean, yeah, that video it's... was by red angel, by the way, I feel bad, like mentioning it, but not actually saying like, yeah, she's great. Oh. Check her out. But yeah, no, no wonder. Cause I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I heard of that video. That's, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely shout-outs to Red Angel. She was on our last episode. Yeah. Definitely check out her videos. Um, but yeah, um, Celeste is one of those games, too, where, like, it's it's super hard, but it's, re I mean, it's rewarding in how difficult it is when you are able to master it. Mm -hmm. And I love how it, like, it literally has a note, I forget before what chapter, but it says, um, be proud of all of your deaths. They're like a symbol of that you're learning. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And that just really kind of hit home for me because in the beginning I died so often for very, I, I hesitate to say dumb, but kind of dumb mistakes because I forgot <laughs> that you could cling to certain like uh, walls. Yeah. And so for a good portion of like the first chapter, I went through it without clinging to any walls, which I guess is a feet in, on its in its own right yeah it's um, kind of impressive actually 
but um, at some point I had like you kind of have to at some point and then I was like oh I can do that okay <laughs> um but I I did feel like a little I don't know like there is the kind of I hate to say it, but there's a sort of shame like you just want to be able to master the game and get good as they say yeah and I feel like Celeste just is like yeah don't worry about that like well, you're fine about- the thing about that lives counter too is that that's sort of originally what it was meant for back when like super meat boy did that it was less like cool you've died a bunch and that means you're learning it was more like haha this game's kicking your ass huh like it, right. it was meant to be sort of a tongue-in-cheek look how hard this game is it only counts how many times you fail kind of kind of statement and so you know for celeste to turn that around is i think extremely fitting really yeah for sure, actually, and that's a great way to put it. It really recontextualizes uh, what it means to quote unquote fail in a game, but move on from that and not be overcome by it. Which I, yeah, I know can happen. Like we have this, at least I know a lot of people who don't play games have this idea of a video game player getting very upset and throwing their controller at a TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, this game is like, it it just has a very. Um, down to earth i don't know approach to it that yeah it it makes a weird reaction for me at least i guess i can't speak to like your or anyone else's experience with it but for me usually especially as i did actually like progress through it and started getting a better feel for the mechanics and stuff and especially i'm still working on trying to do those dang uh i got all the b-sides done and i'm trying to do the stuff in the heart of the mountain now and it's it's ridiculous and it's gotten to a point for me where whenever I fail, it's less rage and more just like, well, that sucks. Okay, trying again. <laughs> like, it's mostly just me shaking my head at my own stupidity for whatever random dumb thing I did that, mm. you know, messed myself up that time and then moving on because, you know, there are no real consequences for it. It's just like, hey, didn't work out that time. Go again. And, you know, right. for, for me, that eventually sort of works into an almost zen. I won't necessarily say zen because it's definitely not calming. It's extremely intense, but... <laughs> the failure stops being a frustration for me eventually and starts just being a some you know something stupid that i did that i won't do next time right. or maybe i will but i won't do it after that you know right right i just keep yeah, on I gonna, going yeah and like think about that in a context too with something like um one of the other hard games i've been playing that i kind of have given up on i don't know how i feel about it but is cuphead oh um, and i, I don't want to have you not played it at all yet? I haven't, no. Okay. It has online co-op, right? We should try it sometime. Maybe we could finish we it that way. We should. <laughs> oh my god, that would make it so much easier. Because, well, actually, easier but also harder. Because I did do co-op with somebody. Um, I bought my uh, my friend the game for his Xbox and we were playing co-op. And, like, I kept getting confused with who I was oh, <laughs> like, no. on the screen. And he <laughs> was too. So apparently that's, like, I don't know if that's a thing. I'll have to ask my I have another friend I know who's played at co-ops. So I'll have to ask him his experience with it. Um, but I would totally be up for that because that would... It's so much fun playing with someone else um, in that kind of context because then you have a support system. <laughs> like, yeah. Because I have... I I was playing it... like I, I was doing pretty good. And at, at first I was mastering it well. But after a while, I've just died so many times that... I, I can't even find it enjoyable, so I just decided to take a break. Where Celeste, like, I never had that feeling. Like, and I think partially that also has to do in getting into your piece about assist mode. Yeah. Um, 
because I did use assist mode starting in chapter two with mm. Battleline just chasing me. I, I just could not get to like this last part with her. Which features so did you use? I used, um, what was it? I think it was just the one where it just makes you invincible. Like we're basically meaning like oh, you, yeah. I forget what it's called in the game, but um. But yeah, I don't, like the, the spikes or I presume her also like wouldn't kill you, right? Uh, good. I, I yeah, I don't think so. Hmm. Now that I'm wondering, um, because I think my issue was like it's just a really long page that you're on. It's like the very last one where she stops chasing you in chapter two, and I just could, I just couldn't get past her. Yeah. But that's what's nice about assist mode is that now I can. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and and your piece was considering. Look, you wrote that piece pretty quickly, and that was a really good piece. Like, Thanks. I, 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 I'm the guy who, you know, wrote A papers the night before they were due. And, same. You same. know, <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like I have that same ability now that I used to, but I'm glad it worked yeah. out in this case. <laughs> well, I'm glad it did, too, because, like, I, I wanted to write something about it, but I was like, I, I don't know how to put into words how I feel about it. And then you're it, like, oh, here you go. And I'm like, it, it's a tough thing to... I mean, like, I get it, because it's a tough thing to talk about. I, I want to... Because, like, as I said in the article, I 100% believe in trying to experience a, a work, just generally, be it a game, a movie, whatever, as it was created, which is why I don't, you know, I, I am kind of opposed to, sorry, not kind of, I'm extremely opposed to spoilers, yeah. I'm opposed to yeah. uh, just kind of, like, watching a Let's Play when you could play the game instead, stuff like that, but I also recognize that there are legitimate and compelling reasons why playing the game as intended isn't always optional, and right. in the case like this, like, I was a lot of the way through writing that piece when I looked up, uh, when I found out that they had actually changed the message in an update yeah. later and read that bit from the person who'd sort of convinced them to about how, as it's intended, isn't really the point. The matter, like, accessibility isn't about altering the way that it was meant to be played so that other people can still experience it in some form. It's about altering it so that it is still playable as intended to people who can't play it the way it was designed and i had to sort of rewrite some stuff around that but like it's kind of it's hard to talk about because there's sort of a a value there that i i don't really want to that you know i i that i do think is important but also need to make sure that i'm not stating it in such a way that enables gatekeeping and ableism because i've run into that before honestly like some of my older videos and stuff um that comes up sometimes and once i'd realized it was there i tried to be better about that um so you know it was it, it, it yeah all that to say it is kind of a hard topic to discuss but i think a worthwhile one and one that adds a lot just as as a topic and as a discussion to the gaming community because I think accessibility is important. Yeah, for sure. And especially like the fact that it does work so well with the story in general. Yeah. Um that they managed to do that. And I actually I forget where I learned about it, but I did know that they had changed the wording and what struck me was how I don't know, there seems to be this like reactionary thing to when people critique games um but they were very open to this change and they they made it and yeah moved forward yeah and that was very impressive like it's 
it can be hard to take criticism like that, you know, but right. they just did. <laughs> yeah, they they did a good job and have, have you played any other games by the people who made it? Like I know I'm not I, know even, that, I don't even think I'm aware of what other games they've made. I was going to say like I I looked at um I don't know his last name, but um I believe the developer who made Celeste um, is Matt makes games, which I don't think exists now or they renamed um their company, but he Matt um he created a bunch of games. I not heard. He made of any Towerfall of them. Ascension. You're seeing. <laughs> I played. Is that, that one? Of the... That's a super fun little co-op thing. I Let didn't realize see. that. I'm... Yeah, it's, I'm it's just. Too. I mean, like it makes sense in hindsight. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, yeah, of course, okay." But I hadn't <laughs> realized that. Um, oh yeah, there you go. But yeah, no, it's it, it's much smaller in scale than than Celeste, but it's a fun little thing to do. Okay. So yeah, oh man, I I'm looking no now, idea. and you can see all the influences of Celeste within his older works, which I think is cool too. Yeah, like for the, sure. I'll put a link to this in the show notes, but it's really cool to look at. Um, Matt makes games. What Matt Thorson? That's his name. Yeah, um, do I follow him on Twitter because I should have. I, I don't. I'm gonna do that. There we go. I, I need to it. do that too. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it's cool to just a note to see these um, these influences that ended up going into Celeste, which I didn't pick up on the first time looking at his website, but now mm-hmm. that I'm looking, I think yeah. that's actually really cool. Um, kind of makes me want to go back and play a little bit of Towerfall again. <laughs> you should. Oh. I've never played it. Yeah, it's, it's one fun. day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like just. Um, I forget where my thought was just going to go, so never mind. Oh. <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> I'll come back to it eventually. Um, but one thing I wanted to comment on, and I, I wish I could have written about this at the time, but um, I just I, I didn't think of it at the time until later when I was actually editing the Let's Play. Um, there's this scene, I think it's after, yeah, it's after Chapter 5, between Theo and Madeline. Madeline. I don't know what I'm yeah. supposed to say for that. They're um, both usually... legitimate pronunciations. Who knows? <laughs> there you go, yeah. Um, and they just... Basically, all you do is just have a conversation uh, with Theo. And there's this one part that I wanted to talk about because if I had um, actually, like... Not that I didn't watch it before, like, writing about the game, but for some reason I didn't pick up on it until later. Mm-hmm. Um, when she says, I remember feeling normal, but now it feels just out of reach, no matter what mm-hmm. I try. Then again, I was probably always messed up. It just took something hurtful to bring it out. And, like, I, I don't know why I didn't pick up on this the first time, like, hearing her say that. But re-watching, like, myself play through the game, I was like, that is so true of like just depression and anxiety that like and that this game really gets at like i remember like not to get too deep into it but like i know you and i have both talked about our evangelical upbringings and not that i was i was raised catholic but that's a whole other thing um (laughs) i um similar trauma and deprogramming at least (laughs) yeah exactly um when i started getting into the evangelical um, sort of crowd was because when I was 13, like, I remember 
I went to this concert. I don't know if you've heard of the pop group called Jump Five. Um, <laughs> I was obsessed with them. In fact, I'm wearing the shirt right now. It's a pajama shirt I wear now. Oh no! <laughs> um, from from that from a concert I went to, which yeah, that's a thing. Um, and they made like a speech between like uh, their set where basically they talked about like having Jesus come into your heart and. I remember like thinking like that after I asked Jesus into my heart that I felt better about myself and I felt really good. Mm. And when that feeling went away that I didn't understand why. And I feel like her saying that like when Madeline says, I remember feeling normal, but now it feels just out of reach no matter what I try. And like, I thought to myself like, that is how I felt when I was 13. And like, I didn't know what to turn to. So like I went more to like, evangelical christianity like Mm. after that but i think that having that in a game and actually talking about that in a real way like that just that that really resonated with me to be honest um yeah in a way like i know games can reach like very deeper themes but i don't know celeste seemed to do it in a way that was just so so unique um especially when talking about that kind of with mental illness and mental health um, and I wish I could have written about it in the issue. Um, so maybe I'll write like a blog or something about it, <laughs> but like just rewatching that, I was like, wow, that is, that hits home, man. I love it. Like, yeah. I, and I, I don't know if like, that's something that resonated with you or anything really with the themes of anxiety or. I mean, to, to, to an extent, but as someone who's been, I guess I can't necessarily say I'm, like, neurotypical because I recently realized I had ADHD and was going to a therapist Mm. to work stuff like that out, and since the pandemic, I've been dealing with more anxiety than usual, so that's been Mm. fun, but um, as someone who hasn't had a whole lot of struggles with mental illness, it it wasn't necessarily personal for me, but that doesn't mean it didn't resonate. Mm. Celeste, I, I can only speak to one half of this equation, but I get the impression that Celeste is one of those extremely rare games that manages to speak profoundly to both people who don't know what it's like and through the game can learn what it's like, and to people who have experience with it and through the game can perhaps gain more insight into how it works and their own journey with it. Like I said, I can only speak to the first half of, of that, but so many stories in general only go to one side of that or the other you mm. know like so I, I think that's a lot of why like so many movies about racism are about white people <laughs> like, right they, because right. they're aimed they're not necessarily aimed at capturing that experience for people who've experienced it they're aimed at communicating that experience to people who haven't and you know I, i've seen games about depression that do both as well um and or or, sorry that that tend to do one or the other but it's not too uh, it it always seems like when a game is praised by people who are on one side of that equation it's not liked as much by people on the other side of it but celeste Mm. really spoke to me even as someone who hasn't experienced a lot of this stuff and i've seen a lot of people who relate to it on more of a personal level who also just really connected to it in a special way and i think that that's a pretty incredible achievement because i don't usually see a game do both of those that's a really good point actually i never thought about it that way but yeah you're absolutely right because i'm trying to think now like i can't think of anything off the top of my head um so i'll have to think about that more but yeah that's really interesting 
Yeah. Um, I, when it came out, at least, I think Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice was fairly similar. I don't know if there's been more critical, uh, more of a critical eye on that from people with more experience with that mental illness, but at the time, at least, it was praised for, for that. Hmm. Different type of mental illness, very much so, but, you know, still. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I know, too, like, I forget what it was that I had read in preparation for the issue, but... Um, like, I always, like, a lot of the discourse when talking about Celeste, I find, is talking about the mental health in this game surrounding, like, usually anxiety. But I read something, or no, it was a video. Now, I do remember what it was now. I forget uh, who the YouTuber was, but I'll put a link in the show notes. And he's basically talking about how he more saw it as a stand-in for any sort of, not just, like, anxiety, but any sort of mental health that somebody is going through and or any not even just mental health just things that you're struggling with and that you feel you're just kind of stuck in a rut about and that really like made me think this it's not meant to be like necessarily a universal story but in a way it really is like it yeah it, it's it's not necessarily pinpointing what madeline's going through but at the same time it doesn't need to and you can sort of feel yourself reflected on that character and that is sort of what makes it so beautiful that you can use this as a way to cope through something that you're going through, which I, I thought was a really beautiful take. I think that's the reason that they, because you can rename Madeline. Like, True, yeah. And, and I never used to do this, but recently in games where there is no canonical name, I've been changing it to like actually my name. I never oh. do that in games where they're in, like, you know, I'm never going to rename Link Sam or anything like that. That's, right. <laughs> that's stupid. I hate it. But, um, <laughs> but, and, you know, I didn't in this case either because, you know, for, it felt like it'd be weird to name Madeline Samuel, but also like, yeah. you know, it came up with her name Madeline. So I'm like, yeah, cool. But <laughs> I feel like it's one of those games where if you changed it to your own name, it would feel like the game is speaking to you more directly and that mm. could be pretty powerful and it's general enough with exactly what she's going through that yeah I, I have seen people talk about a variety of things that it represents to them and I, mm. I think that's cool you know I'd, I'm not one to throw authorial intent completely out into the garbage but I do think right. that that there is value to be found in people interpreting things through different lenses people take that too seriously sometimes like if someone's all like oh this game is about well like when uh the dlc came out and there was a little like trans flag in the background of a, a thing at the end and a bunch of people started being like oh madeline's trans and going going off into oh, this and a bunch right. of people got like really mad about it and i'm like look i don't like you don't have to think that the care there is any one thing or another and it shouldn't be a problem regardless you know, right trans rights but um you, right, you don't right. have to think that the character is any one thing or another but it's okay for people to approach the game as though that is the case and see what they can get out of it like that's right. fine not every critique of something needs to be taken as though it's a statement of fact about it right because none of it is and one thing i want to talk about because i haven't played through it yet but have you played through chapter nine or are you still I, in just chapter eight i haven't i'm still i'm honestly not entirely sure how to how uh, I think because I, I understand... I, like I said I did the b-sides and I'm in the heart of the mountain now but that's the only progression that I knew to do looking at it right I'm pretty sure well the heart of the mountain that's chapter eight right oh is it I'm forgetting I all think... the numbers right now because that's that is like is. the optional stuff after the b-sides but yeah oh okay in that case yeah if I have to do that to do chapter nine then God only knows when that's gonna happen <laughs> the heart of the mountain is rough yeah <laughs> 
Look, I only... I didn't do all the B-sides, but I guess I did enough. Well, actually, what did I do? I collected You can get all... into, like, part of it, I think, with four B-sides. Okay. Okay. I, I think, I don't know. I did them all first just because I'm stubborn and wanted to, but... Of course, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. What did I do? No, I actually didn't beat any B-sides, I don't think. I got... I collected the hearts in the yeah. levels, so I got... I kind of did chapter eight, but I oh, got to a point right. where I... the hearts are... Do you have to do the B-sides to... Or do you get there the hearts be... from the... Oh, I'm forgetting how it works now. <laughs> I forget. It's been so long, and I... When I come back to Celeste, I want to really be able to master... Like, continue mastering it, and right now I'm just not there. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure you have to beat chapter eight and then chapter nine, because it's free DLC, so it should just yeah. come up. Um, yeah, but well, okay. If I have to be chapter eight, then I guess I'll just uh, try and do that sometime. <laughs> I was gonna say I ended up just because I I knew I wasn't gonna do it anytime soon, so I I won't spoil anything since you haven't played it yet. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> but but it is good. Um, yeah, I've heard very very good things. It looks freaking hard. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm oh sure. my god. Yeah, so um, yeah. one day, one day we'll get to that. But as a random side note, one thing I recommend, since you got it on the Switch, if you have yeah. any GameCube controllers lying around and any way to use them on that, or, or maybe one of the like GameCube designed Pro controllers or whatever, mm -hmm. that controller has an octagonal like inset for the um, the control stick. Really? Like it has, you know, eight notches around it basically, so that you can very easily like put the control put the control stick straight up or down or at a 45 degree angle in any like it I, I played a lot of Celeste the first time with a GameCube controller plugged into my Switch because man it's it's it, it feels just the most natural because you know there, there's no just like trying to move the stick in whatever direction you think you're trying to because you know it clicks it basically clicks straight into where it's supposed to go when you move it where, oh. where you want it was extremely helpful to me. I, I enjoyed that experience a lot. Okay. I'm going to have to get an adapter now because yeah. that is something I struggle with with Celeste. <laughs> yeah. There are also third-party controller companies that are, like, making GameCube controller. Like, controllers designed oh. like the GameCube controller, but they function like Switch Pro controllers. And uh, oh, okay. I, I'd kind of like to get one of those sometime, actually, because they're pretty cool. But and, yeah. and I just love the GameCube controller. But, yeah, it, it worked yeah. out really well for me i enjoyed it <laughs> okay yeah, i'm definitely gonna have to give that a shot because that definitely changes things because oh my god i can't tell you how often like i think i would think i was pressing it one way and then i would just not go the way that, I thought. that's one of my most common mistakes yeah i'm like i'll go yep. straight up and then celeste uh, not right. celeste that's not her name and then madeline I know. <laughs> shoots to the side and i'm like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for clarification i i when i went into this game i thought it was named like i thought the character was named celeste and so for a long time I called her Celeste. It took me a while to come up yeah. and realize Madeline. So. It's sort of just an expectation. You go into a game named after, like, with a human name, and you're like, ah, right. yes, the, the person I'll be playing, and... Right. No. <laughs> yeah. It happens, it happens. But, yeah, um... Anything else that you want to say about the game? Anything we didn't touch on? Um, oh, one quick thing. I... Hmm considered for a little while writing an article about the art style and getting mm. my partner's help in that because uh, she is an artist and mm. knows the first thing about art and I do not. <laughs> um, she, she knows a lot more than the first thing about art but 
I, I ultimately didn't really get to because I, I decided that my lack of expertise was just a little too much to overcome to actually write an insightful article about the game's visuals. But um, I not only love them because they're beautiful, as is the soundtrack, by the way, by the soundtrack, yeah. it's so good. It is. But um, the it, it's just visually fantastic on, on like all friends. But one of my favorite things that the game did is... Uh, when you're talking to like to Dark Madeline to the part of you or part of yeah yeah, um, she is in you know she she has a little sprite of her face in the character box whenever she's talking like all characters do, and then just before that first time when she's when she like breaks out and starts chasing you, her character image like breaks that border you know mm-hmm. like, like like someone in a in a comic strip being drawn outside of the outside of the lines or something and like her hair sort of falls out of it and it is this like weirdly distressing moment of think you know like thinking that you know where this character is and what they're doing and then she just sort of like breaks out of your expectations like that and she does it later too in the in the really uh big moment after that conversation with theo but Mm. um it was just such a cool touch that I really, really, really love, just visually speaking. Yeah. And I guess I just wanted to say that because I didn't get to write about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you 100%. Like, that... The animation of the... I guess the face portraits are is so good. Yeah. Like, I, I love just the little details. Like, even of such things like where... How a character's facing, it will actually put them in the direction that they're facing yeah. to things like where Theo's in the mirror and you get like that little shine from the reflection mm-hmm. um, just stuff like that is just so just little details that like you I guess they have different text boxes I think too like I the think backgrounds you're right. for the text boxes yeah you're right because Theo he has like the, the plaid I think mm-hmm. in the background yeah oh yeah it's so and I love the little noises they make <laughs> this, I am a sucker for a good video game gibberish talking sound and yes. yeah Celeste did them extremely well it has a number of like each character sounds unique obviously that's just par for the mm-hmm. course at this point but they also like depending on their tone it'll sound different and right. it's 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 so good yeah, I love like when Madeline like her her little sound when she's like scared. She just it's just like this high pitched little squeak that's like yeah. I can't even do it. It's oh, so precious. I just want to hug her when she I know. D- when she's scared. It's it's so precious. That sound I love is it. Part of that, yeah, it's very good. Oh. And even though like I I did put something in the issue about the music, even though like I really know nothing about music. Um. So take it with a grain of salt, but like, the soundtrack is so good. So <laughs> like, good. I and it, it's funny because it's one of the soundtracks that when I first listened to it before playing the game, I was kind of like, all right, I mean, it's fine, I'll buy it, but I don't know. But then like, I think part of it is just like playing the game and having that like, it, it is so good. I love listening to it, and the B sides are really good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um trying to think what's the i forget what the title what the track is called but i think it's the chapter five b-side it's like this jazzy uh hip-hop kind of sound and yeah I love it. yeah i hate it because oh. i played that b-side and it was really hard <laughs> but it's a good track 
Yes. Oh, that B-side would be really hard because that just, that level in general. And they're all hard. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah, no, the B-sides they... are all kind of bonkers, but they're, uh, but yeah, no, the music's all just all fantastic. Yeah, it really is. So definitely check out that soundtrack if you haven't already. Um, and of course, check out Celeste if you haven't. If you've been listening this thus far and haven't played the game yet, dear God, play yeah, the game. I mean, seriously, d- d- do it. It's so, it's so good. good. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it was last time I checked. I don't know how much it is um, on the Switch, but they they seem to be discounting it a lot. So just mm. keep checking in because um, they do these random discounts. I've noticed. So yeah. makes sense. It's been out a while, and it's very beloved. Those games get discounted pretty well eventually. Very true. Yeah, very true. Very true. I'm just waiting for Octopath Traveler to get discounted. <laughs> When's uh, that gonna happen? Oh man, I want to play that. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I really want to play it. That and Fire Emblem Three Houses, and um, yeah. I don't want to spend fifty dollars. Understandable. So, yeah. Ooh, we should play Sayonara Wild Heart. Okay, we're gonna get off topic, so uh, <laughs> let, let's move on. But I'll talk to you That's later about one. Sayonara Wild Hearts. It's extremely good. <laughs> I actually have heard about it, and it's on my list. So yes. yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I think that wraps up our discussion on Celeste. Um, I think we said most most of the things we wanted to cover. I think so, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, overall, just a really good game. Um, and we highly recommend it. And and yeah, I hope, hope you enjoy the issue. What the yeah. heck? Sorry, somebody I think is setting off fireworks near me or something. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, either that or there's some really weird loud noises, and I, it's like my computer's too loud for me to hear what exactly they are. Right. So I have nervous dogs, fine. so I'm always annoyed at people Aww. just randomly setting off fireworks. Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> I'm with you there. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I have a cat who just gets so freaked out and oh no, hides, but she's not with me right now, so hopefully she's okay. Yeah, I don't think it was too loud to scare her, but you know, but yeah. I yeah, I'm with you 100. percent Um, but anyway, so that will end our episode, um, talking about Celeste and the brand new issue of the magazine. Um, if you again want to check out any links or anything we talked about uh, in this episode, you can check out the show notes, um, and. We have links also to Sam and his uh, social media, um, which usually looks like Game Says Lit or Game Says Lit 101 is his Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to find Level Story in social media, you can usually find it either under Level Story or Level Story Mag. But again, all of those links will be in the show notes. And I believe that is it, unless there's anything else... I think I've left out. Uh, play Celeste, everyone. It's real good. Yeah, that's it's a good way to good. end it. Yeah, play Celeste, please. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh uh, yeah, I can't. It's funny. I cannot get enough of the game. Like, just uh, yeah, it leaves an impact. It's very good. It really does. So yeah, definitely check it out. But that will end today's episode. So thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. And uh. With that, we will talk to you all next time. Until then. Till then. Bye. Bye.